in a world full of cancel culture, greenwashing and the climate scaries. We can sometimes be too scared to ask the controversial sustainability questions in fear of being called out. But what if we could normalise not knowing? This episode is proudly sponsored by The Commons, the coolest co-share working space in Australia. You may have seen these incredible creative spaces pop up all over your social media as so many creators and businesses, including Shameless Podcasts, Flex Mummy and Spotify are all Commons members. Community and sustainability are central to the Commons mission in providing an environment that helps businesses and individuals grow and flourish. The Commons collaborates with leading local architects and designers to ensure each workspace is unique and responds to its surrounding environment and the members who inhabit its space. Promise we're not biased as Conserving Beauty has been Commons members for over a year. For all of you founders, startups and inspiring entrepreneurs, make sure you check out a Commons location near you. Sarah Davidson, or as we all know her as Spoonful of Sarah, started her professional life as a mergers and acquisitions lawyer at a leading international law firm where she enjoyed several years of invaluable learning and personal development. After experiencing the glamorous, high-flying life as a lawyer, like Meghan Markle in Suits, Sarah realised early on in her journey that the corporate life wasn't for her, and she soon transitioned into what we now call Funtrepreneur. As if being a best-selling author, speaker, and MC isn't enough, Sarah is also the podcast host for both Seize the Yay podcast and FeastPod. We had the absolute best time talking to Sarah about her incredible journey and how she now views sustainability and the role it plays in modern day influencing and social media. So we're so excited. So to have excited. You on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah, so much. We love for coming on. We yeah. love you. We've already spoken for an hour, guys. I know. I love this I know. energy so much. I feel like I know you so well. I feel like I could Thanks sit friends. here with you for hours yeah. on hours Why on hours. Why did we not book more hours? I don't know. I, I want to braid your hair. It's a rookie era. <laughs> Why are we not doing like back tickles in a circle? Like, <laughs> what is wrong with us? Where's yeah. that Pinot and Picasso? I do not know. We need that. So, would you please share with our audience a little bit about yourself and your journey, your career so far? Oh my gosh. It's a loaded question. I know. I know. And it's like, I don't have a very clear straight line answer, but I feel like the best answers usually aren't a linear straight line answer. Mm -hmm. So I started off on a very conventional, traditional corporate pathway as a lawyer. I was a mergers and acquisitions lawyer. So thought I was so cool. I was Mm. wheeling and dealing. (laughs) There were some good moments. Yeah. Um, But I, you know, the question I as a now corporate refugee, um, the question <laughs> I get... Corporate refugee <laughs> yeah. is genius. That's the group we've collectively given ourselves. Yeah. The question I get asked the most is um, why did you choose law and, you mm. know, how do you feel about leaving it? And mm. the thing I really come back to in hindsight is I don't actually think I ever chose that. I think like many people I spent so much of my life being interested in lots of different things yep. and being multi-interested and multi-passionate is a great way to get a lot out of life mm. but it makes decision-making very confusing. Totally. And very hard and there's so much pressure to like figure out your forever Mm. job and your forever purpose and when you're at high school you think you've got to decide forever like for the rest of your life so I I really think I fell into law because I ended up 
going to a really wonderful school and being able to get good marks and then... So you're a super smart high so, achiever. <laughs> so I've always been a bit of a, like, intense A-type personality. Yeah, That's definitely not a secret to anybody. Um, but I've always been, I kind of describe it as, I've always been equal parts nerd burger and arty farty. So I was like the kid. Yeah, it's like a bit of a catchphrase. Yeah. yeah. I think um, I'm more arty farty. Yeah. <laughs> well, it turns out I'm much more weighted towards okay. the that side of my brain. But, yeah. I, you know, I was that kid who was really sad on day one of prep when we didn't get homework but I was oh, like, you were not I was like Devo, golden child Devo. okay I need to have a child exactly Devo. like you <laughs> but I was also doing concerts and mm. drawing on mm. you know the great crayon wall graffiti incident of 1993 like there was the real arty side that did ballet I was Amazing. at the Australian Ballet for a long time like are you kidding I've, yeah a long I'm actually 85 did you not know but <laughs> I just incredible. used to be serving you beauty look yeah, yeah, it's amazing yeah. Yeah, you look good <laughs> I'm on a brand on video yeah, and we'll we're be looping that in. We're recording <laughs> that. <laughs> but um, yeah. I think all through school, all through um, primary school, high school and even uni, I tried to keep both of those sides alive, mm. which you can do. Mm. Totally. But then it became harder and harder to narrow down what does that mean? What mm. does that translate to? And because I did end up getting a good enough score to do something with it and I've always had this like intense, got to make the most of the opportunity, I'm not going to waste a point. Yeah. Like if I've got good scores, I'm going to use every point. But I hated blood. I didn't want to do medicine. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, I probably should do law because it opens more doors rather yeah. than Yeah, it's a wonderful them. degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought it'll be a launching pad for you know my mum always said if you don't know what you want to do you the time's going to pass anyway so choose something that opens more doors later and allows you to like delay the decision making until you figured out what you want to do which was the best advice yeah but I also think this is such a long story but I also think that one of the things that made me so fascinated by this idea of a, um, making the most of every opportunity, but B, how different things can be but for one sliding doors moment mm. is that I was born in an orphanage in South Korea and adopted when I was five months mm. old. So I, I kind of have always thought, A, I have to – I love dot points. That part mm. of being a lawyer has not right. <laughs> gone away. <laughs> a, I have to – I've been given this sort of second chance that I don't feel like I deserved. I was a baby, like a blob. Mm. To live in the best country in the world, I have to mm. make the most of every right. single minute to kind of earn my place here. But then also, you know, my life could have been so different. Mm. So I've always been fascinated by, like, I'll do law for now, but somewhere along the line there might be a, another kind of turning point moment mm-hmm. where everything becomes clear and, you know, eventually I was just waiting for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. So I had an amazing time. Um, I think it. a lot of people leave corporate because they hate it and because right. they're desperately unhappy and the hours are long but I was not that person I was the person I worry about more now I think if you're desperately unhappy eventually it'll get so bad that you'll go I've had enough I'm going to change my life I'm going to leave I'm crying every day your circumstances will force you to to make a change for yourself if you're just fine or just like Maybe this is it. I'm kind of grateful for what I've got. I don't hate it. It ticks a lot of boxes. It's prestigious, successful. Mm. There's a pathway, financial stability. There's Mm -hmm. certainty. No one thinks, oh, that lawyer's bludging. Like no no one worries about you in that role. Mm -hmm. I worry about those people because I think – That's a really good point. I could have just sat there forever thinking – And live in this like – Complacency. Yeah, Yeah. complacency. I was like this is – it's Good. okay. Yeah. yeah it's I okay. like it. It's got highs. It's mm. got 
champagne popping. I got to work in Hong Kong. <laughs> it's, got, it's got a small amount of suit style mm. life, you know. Yep. Like yes. I did feel a bit like Meghan Markle for a little while. Yes. I wore a lot of hue that was very uncomfortable, <laughs> that looked really sharp. Um, eventually ended up in runners, but like yeah, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> the beginning was very glam. Yeah. And I think I really could have, particularly with a combination of gratitude and being around the smartest people you could possibly learn from, was like, okay, I could do this. Yeah. Like maybe this is life. Maybe this is it. Yeah. And without a sliding doors moment, I think a lot of people do sit in that. 100%. Until they're 50, 60 and that's why they're a midlife crisis because yeah. people are like, what could have been? Yeah. What else could I have done? Mm. And by then... They're so siloed into, but now I'm only a lawyer. I only yeah. have those skills. It's too late to change. It's, they feel like yeah. it's too late and to change. And it's obviously not, but that's, yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's it's never too late, but you can see how it becomes harder and harder the more you've mm. committed your whole life to one yeah. thing. So true. Yeah. So I would have sat in that for right. whoever knows how long, but very random, <laughs> happy accident. Um, I like to now call it a, a happy accident because it was definitely not planned. Mm-hmm. My now husband, who became uh, my business partner, mm. has always been a serial entrepreneur. He's never had a job. He was the opposite. And that worked really well when we had different careers. But he had sponsored, his creative agency had sponsored YGAP. Do you guys know? Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Poverty. And we got to go on a sponsor's trip to Rwanda. Oh, wow. And work in a school for a month, which was amazing, incredibly life-changing. Yeah. But not the way I expected. I thought that particularly being, you know, born in an orphanage and, and have the, having that heritage, I thought I'd go, we are just so grateful. I'm just so grateful for everything we have, all mm. the privilege we have, yeah. all the amazing technology and opportunities and running water and all the, all the luxuries, healthcare. There is Definitely. so much that we have to be grateful for, which is, of course, one thing that you think. But the surprising thing was I saw a really pure happiness mm. among people who had no markers of success mm. as I understood it. And yes. I was like, wait, you guys don't have jobs and careers and milestones mm. and promotions and all the things I had learnt meant happiness. Yep. Mm. And yep. meant success. And meant success. But you're happier yep. in many ways in an unburdened, obviously not unburdened, like there are big challenges that they face every day, but they could play with a leaf for like six hours. Yeah. And there was true joy in and that. pure joy. And I was like, yeah. if you have the capacity to be happy, then maybe success isn't happiness. They're related, yeah. but then not the same thing. So Definitely. what am I, why am I climbing this ladder? Mm-hmm when happiness has never been a question. So that was kind of the first planting of the seed. Mm. And then came home. I ended up getting a gut parasite while I was there. Okay. It wasn't acute. I wasn't like throwing up or anything, so I didn't even notice. But slowly, slowly kind of crashed over the next three months, lost 15 kilos. Wow. First five kilos. (laughs) Wow. Wow. First five kilos was like a great way to lose pounds. Yeah. And then it just kept going. And oh, you were like, hang on a minute, something's wrong. Something's mm-hmm. up. It was just my digestion couldn't tolerate food. Oh I didn't really gosh. notice because it was slow. Yeah. No one around me really noticed because it was really slow and gradual. Yeah. And eventually my body just was like, you're not listening to what's going on. Yeah. And I collapsed in the middle of a meeting. Oh, <gasps> no way. Like peak embarrassment no of the corporate way. world is being in the middle of a meeting. And I literally ran to the toilet and was there for like 11 hours. Oh, Whoa. God. It was the worst. I kind I of liked it all out. That. Wow. But that was the beginning of like I'd, I'd kind of given myself adrenal yeah. fatigue mm. by pushing through it also showed how disconnected I was to actually anything about myself versus what I thought I should be doing and in the process I was banned from coffee alcohol any Mm. kind of stimulants until I could 
get better, rest enough, put on weight again, like learn how to look after myself. And that's when I discovered I need caffeine to do my life. I was going to say that's my true joy. That that is my real (laughs) same. (laughs) Me too. And got sent to Hong Kong when I went back to work. And matcha there Mm. is everywhere. And not the buzzword that it was in the West. Um, Got really hooked on it over there and then came home, couldn't find it. We thought like let's buy some for ourselves. Mm. It turned up. It was a pallet. It was like two million serves too many for us two to use by the use by date we worked out. Right. So like let's sell some. And that's literally the sliding doors moment of like I realised the ingredients and things, part of your brain that is needed to do business Mm. and to create a brand and a community and puns and names and Mm. That's the bit that showed me, oh, my God, you were born for this. Mm -hmm. This other thing is like level six, seven, maybe eight on a good day, but this is like 12 out of 10. You are so alive. And without that contrast, I never would have known there was another level. Yeah. But straight away I was like... This is it. This is it. Mm. You this knew. In that moment, you're like, I am an entrepreneur. I am a creator. I'm a creator. I'm, I'm that, that chick who used to, like, write books and mm. make plays and force my neighbours to watch me do a concert. Like, that's always been more Show dominant. us these concerts right. later. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I'm so glad there was no social media back then because the footage would be damning. <laughs> the footage would be iconic. It would be iconic. It would be I'm iconic. definitely an icon. Um, so and that started. So that was kind of the trajectory and yeah. you started your incredible business. Yeah. First one. First, First one. Yeah. yeah. That was 2015. That was absolutely yes. ahead of the marcha wave. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm like, I, we get it all the time. We get yeah. it like most days in the office. And Love you couldn't it. get it You couldn't get it here. back then. I agree. One of the things I think you guys will, will now understand this more intimately is the fact that especially women but many, many business owners, we attribute so much and too much mm. of what happens to luck. You're like, we were just lucky. Like mm. you forget to remember your talent mm. and the hard work that you luck put in. you only so far. Only so no, far. No, the harder you work, the luckier you get. A hundred percent. There's no. Yeah. But we happen to have this idea at a very, very lucky time. Mm. Like the Kardashians were talking about it, so free marketing. Mm. No brands existed. Mm. They were talking about matcha like it was sugar. They yeah. were like, we drink matcha. Like we drink black tea or we drink chai. Yeah. It wasn't like we drink prana chai or we drink right. whatever. There was no brand. Yeah. So the marketing and demand was fine. Mm. The like spot for it was mm. there. The barriers to entry were quite low considering mm. and no one else was doing it. We had no competitors for a year, that maybe was. a year and a half. So you were just ahead of your Dominated time. So we just went like You were smart here. enough to know that you yeah. were ahead of your time though. I mean I don't think we knew it at the time. Like telling the story backwards, I'm right. like, we You're just like, like, we were genius there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you we got to really find the gap in the market. Yeah. 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 Do your market research. White we space. did White no space. market okay. research. I didn't know what market research was. I just was yeah. like, I want this. Yeah. It is not here. Yeah. I am going to order it. Oops, I have too much. Right. The best businesses are the ones they where people, they start that way yeah. and they start from um, creating a solution to something that they didn't have. Yeah. It's like, well, it's I want it. It's a selfish endeavour. Yeah. No, literally it's a selfish endeavour. And then everyone on the journey is like, well, hang on, I want that too and you're like mm. oh this is yeah a cracker of an idea rather mm. than reverse engineering like I want a business yeah what can I make a business out of it was that's like I want so this product yeah. Well. yeah and everybody everybody that I know that has tried it I mean 
Incredible. <laughs> yeah. 10 out of 10. I remember when I met you years ago yes. and you came and brought some to oh the office. Oh, my God, that's right. Yeah. And we were supposed to share it with everybody in the office and I didn't like, share it with anyone and I, I took it home. Me. I was like, guys, Thank you. You know, I'm, the, I'm the matcha drinker here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I am on to this. Yeah. So I won and it was yeah. just amazing. What was the response like when you first launched yeah. it? Yeah. Amazing. It was like beyond what we ever could have imagined. We How really, cool. really thought we'll just sell what we've got yeah. and then go back to our merry lives mm-hmm. like I kind of was a bit of a resume box ticker at the time and mm. I was like I can start a business mm. sell a few bags close the business and mm. then put it on my LinkedIn that I was a small business owner like mm-hmm. yeah. yay amazing and it was so insane and exponential so quickly mm. that like we sold out in a week and we didn't okay that even, is insane yeah like a week That's and we didn't insane. have the supplies details because I was like we're never going to need them again it was this random oh, farm in Japan like once of one, one shot wonder I was like we're, we're not going to need you this would be so great and then the whole next I would say 18 months were just scramble we're just like shit trying to get yeah. supplies yeah like how do you even ship big quantities like yeah. how do you deal in like paying in yen and then like like the whole like totally. baptism by fire was mm-hmm. and I ended up leaving the firm six months later because yeah. I stayed as long as I could but it just became like mm. you do one or the other. You don't – there's no more hours. You have to go full time to make this work. It's so hard to do the juggle of both jobs. Yeah. Like I did that – I mean I can just so relate. Like I did that for almost – two Ages. years mm. but like as a type a personality and I feel like we're very similar yeah <laughs> what kind of point were you like okay hang on I'm now going off and doing this full-time because it is so yeah. scary yeah it's financially concerning just if you're used to having stable income and 100%. everyone in your life's telling you like don't quit your amazing lawyer job yeah. you're crazy yeah. like I can imagine you're fancy. Yeah, yeah I can imagine people <laughs> said that to you because people said that to me and I was yeah. no fancy lawyer so yeah. what was that moment like where you were like I don't I don't care I'm seizing Mm. my yay I'm doing my business I think I probably used to make it sound a lot more like don't work for the man like once you've found (laughs) your passion like take the leap and like self-doubt and just don't feel like feel fear and do it anyway and when I look back I'm like I actually didn't do that I waited until the risk got smaller and smaller and smaller so that the jump was Mm. less and less and less less scary because I do think there's something to be said for having something to jump to totally so there, you know, at the beginning we did sell out in a week, but at the same time there were two of us. Mm. Nick mm-hmm. was running his own business. We could manage to do both as we built up enough demand to literally need to leave. So mm. I waited until I was actually terrible, like a terrible employee. I kind of waited until the point where it was no longer <laughs> it I wasn't was serving not anybody. Yeah. yeah. I could I could kind of split my focus and split my time. And I think one of the things I've always been good at is time management. So I was coping Mm. until the point where it it was another kind of sliding doors moment it was I often will do as many options as I can until it's impossible to do all of them and we got to the point where Urban Outfitters in the States had found us on Instagram of all places and they were like because no one else was doing it they wanted matcha in their lifestyle section and there was only one company in the world that had a cool logo no way so there was truly a gap and we were just like yes. there this melbourne couple in their garage packing, how like, amazing breaking is that? bad but green yeah. like powder everywhere bad. it was we were like using drug scales of no, ebay incredible. it was so diy like the photos are amazing yeah. they're not ever going to save the light of day but uh and they put in an order they wanted like a custom size and we kind of figured out very quickly how we were going to make that happen but we didn't have a packing facility that could mm. do it on time for the due date which was either right. you ship it to us by this date or, or it's not, over. It's not yeah not mm. happening 
And so I was like, the only way is if I take leave and full time pack yeah. until the day that we have to ship it. Right. So right. I kind of took leave. Yeah. And then never went back <laughs> because Genius. from then on it was it was, on. It was, it was on. a full time. Like I thought I'd you know spend the first Monday twiddling my thumbs, but there was already a full time load of work to do, which also mm. made the jump less scary because mm. I think if I jumped earlier, I would have sat there like, mm. what like, am I doing? Now? Like this is dead yeah. time. Like yeah. I don't have enough work to make this work. And How and financially, we knew we had some purchase orders, so yeah. it wasn't as horrifically overwhelming as it could have been. How amazing. And so that was 2015. Fast forward now to 2023. I was going to say 2022. I was like, where am I? I was literally 2021. Yeah, I'm like, we've lost a few years. because my name? You know, we all know why we've lost a few years. But like, what's that journey been like since that 2015 kind of moment Mm. through to now? A blur. (laughs) (laughs) The best. Um, It's been the most incredible incredible couple of years um and I mean the best word is roller coaster it's such a Mm. cliche but even you guys will know already that that is running your own business it's oh yeah wild you can't plan very much or you do plan and then like nothing goes how you expect it but you learn in ways you didn't know you could Mm. and your life is never boring there's always an opportunity to figure out a new skill or meet new people and you have the flexibility as well like I was so used to an environment where you had to get any new idea like as in a dot point or one word in an email kind of new idea approved by like 25 people mm. to if you have an idea, just do it. And then yeah. the next day it's like, oh, it's on a shelf. Oh, like, that, that is so exciting. That is us and don't you think like once you've got a new idea or you want to change something, yeah. you're so over everything else, you don't even want to look at anything yeah. else. Yeah. Ew, I hate our original like, like, product. I hate yeah. that. Yeah. Like, it's the ugly. minute I'm like, well, we've, we've changed me. messaging, I'm like, well, everything needs to have that message yeah. and I don't want to see the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Things so move quickly. Things yeah. Quick. Yeah. And it's been so exciting to A, do oh, I keep going to the A's and B's. I love yeah. the A's and B's. I'm sorry. I love the ABCD's. Honestly, it's so clear. It's such a lawyer. It's very like my legal brain has stuck in terms of dot points. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been such an amazing thing to do it with your partner mm. and be working towards from totally separate careers to working towards the same goal. That's was, why it's the same magic. It was so such a change, but so exciting. Very hard to transition, but very yeah. exciting. Um, and we did it for so we did match it for another six and a half years I think and then about a year in we started Matcha Milk Bar which was the best mm-hmm. the Those cafe oh my god it was the best <laughs> in St Kilda in yeah. St Kilda and that was again you know I kind of at the time when I left law I really thought I've found my passion I've taken a big risk pat myself on the back for the next 25 years and this mm-hmm. is it and I really thought of success as this like static place I was going to arrive at mm-hmm. and then I'd stay there for the rest of my life and be happy. But I realised very quickly that actually your yay now, I call it your yay, once you find your joy or your passion, yeah. it's a jigsaw puzzle. It's like each year you add more pieces that you didn't yeah. know you needed and you get rid of the old ones that you don't need anymore. I love that. And that changes your yay can change. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought for the first maybe you know, two years of matcha, that this was going to fulfil everything I ever needed to be Mm -hmm. and I would kind of learn in that box but that was it. But I realised really quickly it's all online. There's no people. The people bit is the bit that I Mm. love the most. Mm -hmm. I love meeting communities and there was no way to do that when you're doing an e-com business. So the cafe was kind of an experiment to taste test flavours and, Mm -hmm. you know, spread the word of matcha but also 
have a, a, a point of contact with a community and also bring, like, as we'll speak about, sustainability into the fore as well because it was really hard to do that. You can't have a matcha farm with less water. Like totally. there is no way. It's just the nature of the product. There are certain mm-hmm. products that don't grow. They mm-hmm. can't exist yeah. without, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. The packaging, it couldn't be sustainable and protect the product to have a shelf it's life. very hard. It's like impossible. So I was like how is – you know, how can we integrate some other values that mm. we want to and having a plant-based cafe that sort of gently educated people yeah. about the sustainability of your body and Definitely. the planet without being like, vegan! Yes. Yeah. And, and we weren't vegan either. We were yeah. like, this is just such a cool experiment and that's when the Hemsworths got involved and like our so life cool. just went on this crazy, amazing Incredible. matcha mission. Mm. Um, and again, I thought, okay, well, this is my thing now. Mm. Like, this is what I do. But about six years in or seven years in in total, I also realised that in the background I'd been able to kind of do speaking gigs and start CZA as a podcast. And Best podcast ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after normalised. Obviously. <laughs> or maybe on par. On par, on par. Sister podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I realised that my new yay, as the business got bigger, I again started to get further away from the customer because you start being in mm. boardrooms and pitching True. and high-vis vest in the factory oh, yeah. and, and you never get to see the customer. So I realised it's okay to think to have a dream and then a couple of years later your dream shifts a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it was becoming corporate. I was like, I'm literally corporate in my own thing. Yeah. And I left corporate because it didn't yeah. suit me to be yeah. in this like bureaucracy. And then the conversations that you're having at a mass market level become mm-hmm. all cost driven and mm-hmm. not community based and it just mm-hmm. started to feel a bit funny. But I also found that on this sort of spoonful page that had just accidentally become a thing that I was talking about burnout and self-doubt and all the stuff yeah. that I was like, I can't say on Matcha Maiden, you didn't get your matcha because I had my period and I was in a fetal yeah. position. Yeah. Like I can't talk about that there. Yeah. But I can talk about it on my other page and have a more meaningful impact yeah. on other people. And create a beautiful community and people yeah. can connect and resonate. Around the the, the stuff that's behind the scenes, yeah. the stuff yeah. that's like I'm having a crisis of confidence or I think I'm shit because I'm comparing to this business owner. Mm-hmm. Like that became more meaningful for me because right. the business felt very polished and very profity and yes. very, like in like yes. it has to be. Yeah, yes. it had to Correct. be. But this was kind of balancing that out. And then that suddenly jumped out as like, maybe it's another leap. Like yeah. maybe there is just this stepping stone that yeah. you that you climb that's you don't know is gonna yeah. develop that way. But yeah. maybe this is calling me. And yeah. so there was kind of this time of I don't think we're the best guardians for this brand anymore. Mm. The considerations that need to be taken into account are not our skill set. Yep. We've never had an FF, FMCG business that's at this level. We don't have any experience to draw from at that kind of like major retailer, yep. um, global major retailer level. The and whole scalability, yep. profitability. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And what it takes to do that is also not the lifestyle that we got no. into yep. this for. We're mm. so excited by the story, by the um, – yep year one to three of a business like that's our excite most yeah. excited area yeah. and it's <laughs> I did get a bit worried that I was just a bored millennial I was like do I just get to the hard bit and go mm, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> but actually I, done this. I think it's okay to be like my yeah. strength is this I and my so, interest totally. is this and yeah. I feel like from yeah. listening to you, I'm in such awe, but I'm equally thinking you are a true pioneer. Yeah. I feel like you pioneered. <laughs> it's true. I'm like you pioneered this match space. And then you also I feel like were one of the first people to put yourself out there emotionally and connect with an audience by being real. Yeah, by having my mental breakdowns. No. Probably. <laughs> but no, yeah. but it's so relatable. Like <laughs> so you can relatable. see a lot of creators these days try and be 
some part of what you really started. I feel like mm. you're a true pioneer. Yeah. Thank you. No, I'm, so I'm like, kind. I mean, oh, I'm no, like, and it's been incredible to watch because, yeah. I mean, I've I'm a huge speak for myself, fan. but yeah, I've been following you for years. Oh, you guys. To see that. And to see the, to see the journey. <laughs> yeah. The journey, yeah. the journey is beautiful. Yeah. But yeah. also so, you touched on something before and I just want to sort out step for a yeah. minute yeah. Sustainability. yeah do you think at the time I mean now right if people start businesses of course you would hope that yeah. they're thinking about sustainability mm-hmm. and getting a bit of a plan in place yeah. but back then I mean I feel like it wasn't really spoken about mm. nowhere near to the extent that it is now yeah and greenwashing wasn't even a thing back then oh yeah but do you kind of remember in the early days or like at what point did you start to go well hang on is this sustainable? Like packaging is a really good yeah. example um, or even just like having visibility over like your farmers mm. and whatnot. Yeah, that's such a great point. I think the landscape has changed in such a good way. Exactly. Like obviously greenwashing is problematic but yep. the fact that consumers are even paying attention to that kind of information, that's the fact I that think. an audience even cares, like, it's, it's even possible to greenwash someone mm-hmm. means they're listening to those kinds of messages, which mm-hmm. they weren't. They want the demand I agree. among consumers was not particularly strong like people just wanted a product yeah affordability was a really big thing definitely still is it's i mean yeah of course it still is is. still is but there's nothing wrong with that by the uh, way yeah Yeah. absolutely and of course it's a privilege to be out like we knew that matcha is not a life-saving product like if you can afford to have it i mean yeah yeah. (laughs) but if you can afford to buy a superfood it wasn't cheap and especially per you know 100 grams compared to regular green tea Mm, it was exorbitantly expensive so you know it's already a privilege to have customers at all for a product like Mm -hmm. that um and we definitely did not feel pressure Mm. at the time Mm -hmm. externally to be sustainable to have even to have any it seems crazy now thinking about it even to have any visibility over the supply chain Mm. right was just no one cared like no one even we put that information out because it mattered to us but no one read it. Like right. it was, it wouldn't have mattered. Right. Yeah, and you actually were making all these decisions yeah. kind of based on values yeah. but for yourself, yeah. Yeah. not to prove a point for the community. For, for, yeah. Which is so a nice place because you, it's nice to not be reactive and only be doing things to mm-hmm. tick Definitely. a box. Um, but I think it also, I don't know whether both of us just, I think in the case of Matcha in particular, mm-hmm. Real matcha is grown in Japan mm-hmm. and there are products that come from China, which are technically matcha, but mm-hmm. it's not where it's from. It's mm-hmm. not um, – the soil is different, the standards for agriculture and organic certification are very different. And so we already had separate – like sustainability environmentally, mm-hmm. just in terms of like the quality control. Mm-hmm. We already had like a bit of a choice. What do we want to do? Do we want to get like matcha that's – 10% the price but mm. its heritage is Chinese or do we want to mm. go Japanese? And I almost think that when you don't have the expectation that you're going to go global or that you're going to yeah. have this huge scalable business, mm-hmm. you make better choices I because agree. you can indulge those choices. Yes. Yeah, totally. And we were very clear. I was like, I want Japanese matcha. I'm not going to bother. Mm-hmm. If I want it where it's natively grown. Yeah. yeah. It's, otherwise I might as well just do normal green tea and yeah. get it from anywhere. Or yeah. It can be from India. It can be from anywhere. But the story of round matcha is Japanese. So we'd already kind of made a decision that we'd pay more for it to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And then tied into that was also I just personally care about the working conditions. And in Japan Mm. it's a lot easier to get visibility Mm. than it was in China at the Mm -hmm. time. I kind of had spoken, learned Japanese and been on exchanges at school so I felt a little bit more familiar with the culture and Mm. knew that the 
the kind of working, the legal requirements and regulations were a lot stricter. And also we could go. So we went mm. to the tea farm before we... How amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think we'd been we'd already had a few orders, but as soon as we could, like maybe yeah. six months in, when I when I'd gone full time and I could not have to apply mm. for leave, yeah, we went straight to the tea farm. We met the tea farmers. We met the family who owned it. We watched every process of the stone grinding and could you know verify yeah. kind of mm-hmm. um, that everything was how we expected it to be and the minimum standards that we would hope for. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was a very personal choice. It yeah. wasn't yeah. It You wasn't were rooted in ethics from the start. Do you know yeah. how I don't know why. Uh, that's what I was <laughs> going to say. Do you know say. how brilliant that yeah. is that <laughs> you even had that visibility? Because I would say most brands would don't. don't. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you were, again, pioneer. Look at me, tuning your home. But yeah. seriously, that's a true pioneer values-based yeah. decision and you guys were clearly far more ethical yeah. than probably majority I would, at the time. I'd love to unpack that a bit more because was that because you felt quite educated in the space or was it yeah. do you think you just personally always had an interest in sustainability or like what kind of drove that for you? I think we both have always had quite a quite an acute sense of legacy and the environment and it's always had been something we both cared about naturally. Mm. Mm. Um, we definitely, there will be people in our lives who are like, really? Like mm. some of the things you do, like it's not, we're not sort of the greenies from the time yeah. we were born and we don't have a worm farm. But You don't mm. have to be to but, care. Well, yeah, yeah, which we yeah. will definitely get yeah. into. But, yeah, it's always been something we've been quite conscious of. But I also think um, being a little bit more educated around it, coming from a legal background where... Uh, uh, provenance of anything mm. is also like we, you know, you can't verify a piece of paper unless it's come from 75 different verified sources. The whole idea of verification of things mm. was more ingrained into my mind than maybe it would right. for someone else. But again, I think it comes back to profitability wasn't our first priority because this mm. was a hobby. And so I think when you do start things as a passion project versus yeah. a business project, mm. which maybe financially wasn't the right thing to do, mm. but as a passion project you yeah. make choices that are more aligned with, well, if no one likes it, who cares? Because mm. we're not – I'm not leaving my job here. Like mm. I'm just doing this thing on the side. Yeah. I can afford to pay a bit more, make a bit less profit and it's what I'm proud to put yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I would have made those same decisions if I'd started out thinking I need to leave this yeah. career. Maybe it would have been different and I definitely don't blame anyone else who does start. It's overwhelming. Like yeah. totally. to find a supplier, let alone to find a good one, let alone to have the money to go and visit them, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. not something everyone can do no. either. So I think we were very privileged to be able to make those choices mm-hmm. and I can't a hundred percent say that we would always have made those choices yeah. if uh, if our financial viability was on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, it was able to be a priority, and so mm-hmm. we made it one. How but, wonderful! But having said that, we did know that water usage was not controllable. It wasn't mm-hmm. a variable we could change. Yeah. And the packaging, we looked so extensively into recyclable, or even even if they weren't degradable, um, just bags like the coffee bags that could be reused for something else mm. and to keep the integrity of the product it's so fragile it's yeah. so difficult it yeah. only has 12 months shelf life from the grinding and yeah. it takes like a month to get here so then exactly. you it arrives with 11 months then we've got to get it to the distributors and they all want at least 12 months you really couldn't actually sell it at all yeah. if you were going to go for anything close to degradable so mm. it was always those were the things we couldn't control so we were like we have to control as yeah. much as we can around it. Oh, totally. definitely. I mean, we all face those 
those challenges every day and I just feel like there is no such thing as a perfect yeah. packaging solution. Yeah. yeah. It's very hard. You have to yeah. make trade-offs. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing. I think compromise is the best way you can go mm-hmm. about any kind of sustainability decision because it's better to do – like if everyone in the world did 10% mm-hmm. better – then no one would need to do 180% better. Like yeah. no one would need to go so drastic. The pe- reason people do is because they're making up for everyone who's no- doing nothing or, yeah. or being the negative. Totally. And I Definitely. think we need to like shed light on that story a lot more and that's kind of like that was the purpose of this podcast is yeah. to normalise not no. Ding, ding, Yeah, because a lot of people don't have these types of conversations and then yeah. it makes people not want to engage at all, which is yeah. so much worse for our planet and the environment because that people end up doing nothing. But it's, yeah. like, it's actually okay just to be doing a little bit. But I think, I think there is this narrative of people who are – you know, very passionate about the space, kind mm. of control the conversation. hundred oh, um, percent. Which then scares peop- uh, people. It can be quite overwhelming. It's intimidating. And intimidating. Yeah. Yes. And you do kind of feel a bit uneducated mm-hmm. and like a you know a bit of a Neanderthal. Yeah. Yeah. You, you like don't wrong. know yes. the term or you don't know totally. the right thing. Correct. And that was exactly the approach we took with the cafe. Was we thought the overall vegan community can be very passionate yeah, and very. for good reason. Like mm-hmm. there are so many reasons why mm-hmm. that cause is so important mm-hmm. but it does intimidate the yeah. average person who's not going to ever change 100% of their behaviours mm-hmm. but that is the mass market who could make a big difference if yeah. they had two meals yes. that are plant-based a week. And so we thought like how can we do the halfway approach, yeah. Yeah. take really out smart. any heated words, don't talk about animal cruelty anywhere so that you don't feel like it's being shoved down your throat. Mm. We're not vegan, so we're not going to be campaigning for you to change your label or your lifetime. We just want you to have some Mm. pancakes that don't have any dairy in it and see that they're yummy and then leave and maybe you'll think about it. And I think that softly, softly approach. I love that approach. It goes further. I think so. I think it resonates far deeper Mm -hmm. and I think it's way more accessible. Yeah. I think it actually goes back to accessibility. Yeah. And the worst thing you can do is make someone feel stupid because once they feel stupid, they feel defensive and once they feel defensive, they won't listen to what you've got to say. They'll disengage, yeah. Yeah. Out of curiosity, did you ever feel pressure to be vegan or have a plant-based diet when you started the cafe? I definitely felt the heat from the extreme end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. from a like you're just trying to capitalise on this market but not walk the walk, you know. Mm. You're not fully vegan but you're capturing the money of Mm. people who are interested in this cause and that was – I think once you're really sure on what you're trying to do, it's easy to block that out mm-hmm. because I knew I wasn't trying to be a full-time vegan. Yeah. I knew I was never going to do that. Or and claim I, that. Or claim yeah. that and I knew that those people weren't the people I was trying to convince because if you make a vegan cafe for vegans, they're already vegan. Yeah, like, true. Yeah, in terms point. of a change-making cafe, that's not going to change anything. This stats doesn't move the dial. Yeah. I hate point. that phrase but it doesn't move the dial. Yeah. Um, so I was already – we'd all made that decision. We were quite comfortable being the non-vegans who were going to have like – we had non-vegan chefs as well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. some of them were non-vegan so that they remember the taste of meat so that the pe- people who do still eat meat, their palate doesn't go, ugh, like mm-hmm. what yeah. is this cardboard, you know. Mm-hmm. They can taste something that someone who remembers that taste has compared it to. Yeah. Really so, clever. 
yeah, there was a there was a lot of pressure from that end. Um, and all of us actually did go through like a six, three month to six month. I think Nick even did 10 months of full vegan wow, eating. Wow. But that was not because of pressure, but because he we, wanted were, we wanted to experiment. Yeah. Right. I was like, does my body like this? Yes. Like, do I feel it better? Do it? Yeah. Is it as hard as I make it seem or am I just lazy and I don't want to change because change is hard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to learn new recipes. I, mm-hmm. You know, am I really – does it really not fill you? You know, yeah. all those kinds of things. Yeah. We, we thought it would be a good time to kind of, you know, test that out and it did not agree with my body. Mm-hmm. I just didn't get enough protein. Mm-hmm. I did, and I also think part of that is heritage. Like being adopted, it's a weird position. But one generation ago I was like entirely fish-based mm-hmm. diet. Yeah. So I like I didn't grow up my heritage was not Australian eating. So I don't know, like, what my body's needs are. It just didn't – it wasn't particularly great for me. So Mm. I stopped. Nick lasted a lot longer because he was surprised by how much he could train and he could get enough protein and he was full. Right. Um, But in the end we were like, we just think that there's a way to eat sustainably and source sustainable Mm -hmm. meat products and and do it halfway or 75% of the way and and still make a big impact. Mm -hmm. Um, in the end, that pressure kind of calmed down once people realised, oh, my God, you are making mainstream people eat vegan food yeah, like, that yeah. they would never eat before. Yeah. And this Me is at the cool. Time. Mm. Me at the time, I feel like that was probably the first vegan cafe I went yeah. to. Yeah. And I remember having the eggs. And I was like, yeah, these are great. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't know. Um, you don't really know. No, I didn't know. Chicken, like people yeah. don't really notice. No. And was, that was awesome. It was awesome. Even if people do like one day a week. Yeah. And a I'm huge like, even once a on month, there's still more than nothing. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. So it was, yeah, it was definitely the gently, gently approach. And people got on board with that eventually. Mm. And like the really, really hard thing was that it was a very expensive cafe. Like once you do take out mm. the sort of mass orders of mm. certain products and you have to have high-grade vegetables. Like it's actually – you think that not having meat on your menu would be cheaper. Mm. It's actually not at all. Especially mm. if you keep leading with all these ethical decisions. So yeah. everything costs more. Yeah. Yeah. And it did become a very expensive place to eat, which was really difficult. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so was a smashed avocado. Yes. <laughs> with feta. So, yes. you know, it, that yep. was just a side product of Melbourne yeah. brunch scene. Right. Totally, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, so fast forward, you've built this kind of – epic, loyal, loving community, which is so hard to do, by the way. It is is incredibly hard to create a network of people that love and adore not just you but the people that they can kind of meet through Mm. following you. Yeah, I just feel like now that you've built this kind of epic, wonderful community, obviously part of that comes a little bit with content creation and the most hilarious TikToks and reels I've ever seen. (laughs) But part of that kind kind of feeds into like, brand partnerships and brand sponsorships Mm, and I'd love to know from your point of view when brands come to you does sustainability kind of ever come into the conversation I'm so sorry I'm about to sneeze no I'm like like, what's funny she's laughing at me I know I was like I don't get the joke if I looked at me like no, she's gone. And she's I'm gone. so sorry. I just no, like, you've got interrupt you've upload, do not interrupt. But basically, when brands come to you and yeah. go, Sarah, we love you. We'd love you to promote our product. Do you ever think about sustainability when it comes to that? A hundred percent. You do? Okay. I think it's become one of those filters through which every decision that you make, especially when the things that you do, I think having an audience brings with it a huge amount of responsibility mm. 
especially when you know that they actually pay attention to what yeah. you say. And, and they trust you. And yeah. they do take the things you say quite seriously in some cases and then put their money behind it. Mm. And it's it, that's a very big responsibility. So there are definitely kind of a list of values that I want every brand partnership or even just the things that I post that I'm wearing. Oh, you actually like. Yeah, or that yeah. I like or that I use or I, I want them to all go through a kind of triage process to make mm. sure. I mean, sometimes it's not, it's not often like a conscious box ticking thing. It's just yeah. like yeah, before you buy it and then you're going to wear it in public, you know, you sort of think about that. And it, I'm definitely not, like I will openly admit there are things in my life that friends would be like, okay, there's a lot of plastic in your house. Like yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a softly, softly mm. do what you can do, remember as often as you can remember. Mm-hmm. Try um, and make the best decisions you can. Try and make the best decisions yeah. you can. And there are always compromises and there are definitely parts of my audience where the last thing they care about is sustainability right. because they yeah. can't afford to think about anything else. And that yeah. I never want anyone to feel... Yeah. alienated because yeah. I'm like, if you don't use the most expensive BPA-free yeah. blah, 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 then you're a shit person. Yeah. So it's it definitely is a, a value I align with and try and, and really make a priority. Mm-hmm. But I also want to be that person who's a safe space for as many people as yeah. possible. So one of the things I find very, very difficult, and I haven't actually spoken about this that much, but... I, we talked before about not having trolls. I have the great privilege of somehow yeah. having over 100,000 followers and I have never had a terrible troll. because you're so likeable. Which, yeah. <laughs> which is lovely but yeah. it's at the expense of not using my platform for certain topics that I would mm. like to Okay. where I consciously think I can't engage in this mm-hmm. without creating stress, mm-hmm. anxiety and conflict Mm. for people who come here they come to CZA to hear a really unbiased open investigation of all different lifestyles yeah and you know if I'm going to have someone who's we've had so many experts in sustainability on the show or beautiful sustainable businesses that I also don't want them to think that I'm going to think they're a bad person Mm -hmm. if they can't afford that brand or if they don't necessarily care Mm -hmm. that much in their not that they don't care but that they can't make it a priority. priority yeah yeah and same with sexuality and religion like I mm. tend to try and have guests from as many different yeah. areas and interest groups as I can but without it being an advocacy platform right. like I want to spread awareness but I really try and not make it controversial because mm. people's heart rate go it goes yeah. up when they yeah. listen to stuff like that yeah. and you have to decide where you want to see it I could have a, a million followers if I was more controversial I could hammer home the orphanage, adoption, disadvantage, privilege, Asian, Australian, person of colour. There's so many things I could have been political on. But I decided I don't want that for my own personal life Mm because I'm terrible at conflict myself but also because I want the audience that I have to feel a certain way when they come here. So it's a... It's more an uplifting, inspired, positive, safe space rather than a divide. Yeah, but mm. use the responsibility in mm. a responsible way. Like yeah. don't just go like here's a lot of plastic. Yeah. Let's use brands that use the maximum amount that, of plastic right. in their packaging. Like you're not pushing shame. Yeah. 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 Like I'm not pushing shame or like Princess Polly or like yeah, I'm not yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also and you know, I will put more airtime into the points about a brand that contribute to sustainability. So there are yeah. lots of brands that are making compromises. There are huge parts of their business that aren't sustainable but there are huge things that 
they are doing that they're putting money behind that are a halfway compromise yep. and they don't have to do. Strides. Yeah. Yeah, I'll maybe concentrate on that messaging a little mm. bit more to yeah. sort of show what the impact is of you choosing them over someone else. Yeah. Um, but I still do try and do it in a gentle way. And we'll yeah. openly have like a coffee cup in the background. I have keep cups. Sometimes I forget them. Absolutely. Yeah, everyone does. <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> story of my life. I yeah. used to be paranoid. I used to be yeah. like, you want to take that story down? Like, yeah. 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 you've got a water bottle in the background. Yeah. And like, you know, we recently travelled to Egypt. You can't not have plastic water bottles. Yeah. You have to have yeah. fresh. It's when you can, when packet. you can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, know? can't, totally. you can't control that. But I travelled with a company that's a B Corp. Like, you yeah. know, there are things that you're doing that are always evening out as much as you can without thinking like if, again, coming back to that, mm. if you don't have a worm farm, you're a shit bloke. Like, yeah, like, yeah. No. you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Well, you can, sorry, you can, yeah. but that's not what I, yes. yeah. my yeah. approach. Yeah, I yeah. think that's so wonderful. Yeah, totally. And. Um, obviously I think you have a very balanced approach then to like influencing and sustainability. Mm. What do you have to say about influencers who choose not to partake in any, I guess, form of sustainability or Mm. who are only promoting fast fashion brands? Like, do you think they have a responsibility to engage more with sustainability or are you kind of like you do you? I personally think that once you do have an audience over a certain amount, I don't know what the number would be, Mm -hmm. or even if you know or have evidence that they buy stuff Mm -hmm. when you tell them to, I think that does come with a certain level of responsibility to spread messages that really don't disadvantage anyone in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, no one is going to be seriously disadvantaged by the world being more sustainable, like <laughs> yeah. by the planet lasting mm. longer and by our environment yeah. being cleaner. Like mm-hmm. it's not a controversial thing that the world is not having the best approach to plastic. Like, you know, yes. there, there's certain facts that are not very controversial and yes. that we all probably have a responsibility as human beings with or without influence to to make a, a bigger impact. So I do think... I think there's a bit of an attitude that, like, it's my life, like, just because I have influence and just because what I do has given me an audience, I don't have to use it for anything, which is absolutely true. It's like yeah. a capitalist society, you're allowed to do it. Yeah, you, you want. can do whatever yep. you want. Yep. You can do whatever you want. If you get, if your livelihood and you pay for your kids' schooling by doing fast fashion promotion, like, fine, that's totally, totally your prerogative. But I yeah. think maybe you could balance it out with yeah. something else. I think there's a, it's not hard mm-hmm. to weigh something against the other things that you do you don't have to quit fast fashion altogether because again there are some people who can only afford and there is those price tags and there are also businesses that I know that would sink if like beautiful small businesses that are doing wonderful things for female empowerment or other messaging sustainability is not the only message that's important in society multiple values yeah that are conflicting and so and they couldn't survive if they could only make use sustainable fabrics or, you know, like the Australian market for manufacturing is small. There's mm-hmm. not a lot you can – if you want to be Australian made and you want to be sustainable and you want to be like it's affordable, hard. you know, there's sometimes there's not a sticking – there's not a way out yeah. of the situation. So I think you can't you, you can't judge people who are doing making certain decisions but they – you can judge them for not choosing to balance it somehow with yeah. something every now and then. Yeah. And that's 
become and like to be fair, there, there are probably things I've done that people who watch everything I do and remember have I have terrible memory who are like, mm. yeah, but you did that thing, and like I would a hundred percent be like, guys, I have said I'm not the best. Yes. Like there are times where I do stuff like my Uber eats consumption. One of the questions was, where do you consume the most? A hundred percent. Yeah, where do you yeah. consume? Yeah. It's food. Me too, by the way. A hundred percent. Like <laughs> fashion, it's an easy choice for me. Yeah. Like the you know yeah. those decisions in my life easier. <laughs> food, yeah. I'm the worst. I'm like I've I need my food. Like yeah. I need it. it comes with this. Oh, what yeah. am I going to do? <laughs> and it's becoming easier. Like most people package things in biodegradable packaging. It's a lot better than it yes. was. Um, but I still think if you can balance it out in some way, especially if you know people are putting money behind what you do, like do something to to balance out the other things that you choose to do that yeah. have that sustainability isn't a consideration. Yeah, in. I love that perspective. Yeah. Speaking of like just consuming and gifting and all that kind of stuff, you would probably get gifted. <laughs> every day I mean you'll probably get gifted shortly by us but like do you think have you ever thought about like any insane PR package that you've received mm. where you've gone well this is a bit OTT mm. I think it's a really uh unique to our generation mm. situation where people are gifted a lot of stuff mm. and it's so weird to talk about that you yeah. get gifted every day and so strange to even even say anything other than that that's a huge privilege. Yes, it's lovely. That people it's lovely. It's yeah, so kind. It's, it's great marketing. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much like even if I didn't, it's, uh, you often get on mailing lists and things arrive unsolicited because your yes. address is on yeah. a yeah. – and that's like, again, loveliest problem to have but you don't really have a choice if it's sustainable yeah. or not. You mm-hmm. often don't have a choice what it is and mm-hmm. – I think someone has gone to the effort to use that. I'll always try and do a story or something to acknowledge it. But there's you can't use like 85 shampoos. Like no, it's no. just not that. What are you going to do? My hair is like dirty, but it's not that <laughs> dirty. I'm I wash my hair, but something. I don't wash it that often. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think um, that is very difficult because sometimes you do think this is so excessive. Yeah. I'm not going to use it. It did you know, use a lot of resources to get this here, but it's already here. Like yeah. you can't undo I know. So then what that. Do you, what do you do with it? So I do a lot of um, – I there's a St Vinny's up the road from us. I'll mm. take like seven garbage bags yeah. of stuff um, and donate it or do giveaways or, you know, we went um, – we had this event at Pinot and Picasso where 30 amazing, amazing members of the neighbourhood who hadn't met each other and over half came by themselves – came to have an in real life just a lovely night together. Mm. And so I gave every person there, I was like, I have 100% have 30 unopened amazing beauty products That's yeah. so clever. that I just can't use. I can't yeah. get through. Like I love the products. They're great quality. They're expensive yeah. and they're like, you know, going to mm. go to waste. You yeah. can't use 25 serums no, a week. Like person. you just it's excessive. can't. It's excessive consumption. But yeah. to someone who never uses that serum, yeah. it's like yeah. – this excitement. So mm. I save them for things like that. Or, you know, when we had the um, lockdown periods in Melbourne, we made care packages for nurses at hospitals mm. and had Aww. people do nominations of healthcare workers who were having a really yeah, shitty that. time and put together, we just split all the, so I just put all the gifted stuff in a certain um, bookcase at home. And then when there's an idea of a way to use it, we'll just put big hampers together and send them out and people mm. were so excited yeah like it made such a big difference yeah. but then it wasn't wasted either it was also wasn't thrown out mm. um and you put them to good use you put them yeah. to good use and yeah. and even sometimes like sometimes you get to 
you know, um, the op shop and they don't need stuff. Like sometimes they're just yeah. like, I don't need any more of this stuff. Like so yeah. then it's a burden to them to get rid of. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes I just hold on to it and think like someone will be having a Eventually. shit day and I'll make and a little hamper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's hard when you're like yeah. this used a lot of materials yeah. to get this here and mm-hmm. yeah, but there's I think also not a lot you can do about it when it just arrives. So it's like what are you going to – how are you going to pass it on and make something of it? Yeah. Um, but there there are definitely times when things come and you're like there are so many much more affordable biodegradable packaging options now, like Australia Post yeah. even. even you can make some really good thing. choices. You yeah. can make really good choices and it's no longer triple the price. Mm, yeah. So sometimes it's a bit like come on. seven plastic bags. Yeah, what about yeah. do one these? small thing? Yeah. Like you do notice yeah. – more and more and I think people who wouldn't have previously noticed mm-hmm. now also notice when they're unwrapping Ooh, something point. and they're like, Ugh. So I found almost everything now that I get, yeah. the over like the outer package usually at least mm-hmm. is at least is now recyclable, yeah. recyclable yeah. which is yeah. amazing. That's a huge change. Up. I was going to say that's a huge change. Yeah. What about all like the events you'd go to? Because I feel like, again, mm. you're probably on everyone's hot list yeah. and everything. <laughs> Every cool party. Which is, again, such a privilege. Yeah. Most of the time I'm like, well, why the fuck am I here? <laughs> we know why you're there. <laughs> Do you ever go to these things and you're like, oh, gosh, it's just like over the top with my name in a plastic yeah. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. just, or like even other influencers that go to these things. Do you guys talk and you're like, oh, gosh, they're really – Sometimes. Bit of a rogue move here. Mm. Sometimes sometimes you do get a very overwhelming sense of excess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You get a really big sense of privilege of like this is so cool and like you still – we're all consumers, right? Like huge activations are so cool. Like sometimes you're like, Sometimes they are. Sometimes they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think generally lately people are a lot more conscious of, Mm. you know, things won't be packaged in outer plastic. Mm. They'll be – personalised but there'll be sunnies so like you're going to wear those again yeah like, you know what it's, I mean it's not yes. like silly things anymore it's mm. not as I I think yeah. like of what I've noticed yeah. is like if they have fans at an event it will be a paper fan it won't right. and a paper and wood it won't be like a plastic gimmicky yeah. thing I, I found recently the events that I've gone to the takeaway things are not as plastic yeah and as a they once bit were more much reusable. more conscious. or they have another purpose like it'll be a bag yeah. but you can reuse the bag it's yeah. not yeah and even like you can see they use a huge amount of these massive installations but a lot of them you could reuse them yeah, yeah. so i i personally feel like it's a lot better mm. moving in the um, right direction yeah, yeah but i do feel like people who i wouldn't necessarily expect to notice and be like well, that's not a a lot of plastic there. Yeah. They'll point it out. Yeah, we have had conversations okay. like that. That's that I wouldn't to know that, that like, good people know. do talk about it. Yeah, some people don't do, notice, yeah. but some people do, and they get like yeah. funny yeah. about it, or they get like, "I don't want to. I'm not going to take that because yeah. I'll never. It'll just go into the yeah the bin." So, and I think also businesses are noticing that they don't want to give you anything now that you're mm-hmm. not going to love or take home with you. So the merch yeah. that you get is cool and reusable because yeah. otherwise it they all end up with it. Yeah, yeah. what are you going to do with yeah. it? Yeah. So I think there's a there's a bigger move yeah. to, to be better mm-hmm. in that regard. It's a That's less good. hugely wasteful plastic confetti falling from yes. the sky. I don't think it's – I think people, they get like criticism if yeah, they do exactly. that. Yeah, I don't think it's what consumers or influencers want. Yeah, mm. even if the influencers themselves aren't complaining, like if it's posted anywhere on social media and yes. people see, if they saw plastic confetti, yeah. you would get – 
destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. To shreds. Because yeah. it's just Which like, is a good thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just so unnecessary. Yeah. 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 So you even see, like, we had something recently. I can't even remember what it was, but it was like glitter, but the glitter was biodegradable. Oh, wow. And I'm like, even the fact that you've told us the glitter is yeah. biodegradable is cool because yeah. you we've know that we care way. that the glitter is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, good one. I wouldn't have asked. Yeah. But now I'm like, wait, it's not degradable. And then I was like, what is that? And then I was like, mica. And then I've learned all this stuff about biodegradable glitter. And yeah. One of the things. child slavery. Yeah. Yeah. Like the things you just don't even think about. Um, But one of the things that really kicked me up the butt recently was I went to Antarctica in December. Wow. And it's like the most remote place in the world. It feels like Mars. It is so far away. And it's so far away that you are sailing for two days, 48 hours mm. before you're even in Antarctic waters. Wow. There are no humans. If someone has a heart attack, there's no like there's no hospital. There's no runway yeah. to land a plane. The helicopters don't have enough fuel to get that far. So the whole boat has to turn around and go back. Like oh that's how remote gosh. you are. Which is kind of freaky. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. But there are microplastics in the water. In like Antarctica. In Antarctica. And that made me like Wow. There is nothing. You cannot right. save a human being who has a heart attack. At the other, or well, you can obviously, but yeah. you can't. There's no quick fix. It's yeah. that far away, right? Yeah, that you have to turn 200 passengers back around, and still, still. there's no human activity. There's no buildings. <gasps> there's no shops. Crazy. You can't like put you before you put your boots on land, which is not every ship that does that. Mm. You have to um, buy. Uh, what are they called? Do biostability like. Full disinfecting everything. You're not allowed to put your knees on the ground. Someone proposed and they couldn't get down on their no. knee. Oh, they had to no, hover in a lunge. Like you can't <laughs> wee. You can't do, if you camp yeah. on the thing. You can't wee anywhere. Like you can't leave anything. They don't want to disrupt the ecosystem. Right. But yeah. yet there are still. But there's still microplastics, microplastics in the water. Like at the furthest point, and that makes you just that think. Is, like, yeah, that is that is. And when you're there, I'm like, this is the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like, we are the so middle remote. of nowhere. It takes realize. 21 days days to sail from Hobart if you go from Australia and how is there plastic here yeah. like how yeah and that really made me it leeches and everything yeah like we can't unplasticify no, that water no. and there is no further that you can go yeah. so at some point that has to translate yeah. into what you do here yeah. but it's really easy to get detached from that yeah mm. until you go there even I went there came back and forgot and used plastic yeah. the next day and I was like that yeah it's hard hard. and then it's also it's really an overwhelming feeling right because then you start to think oh my god it's everywhere there's nothing we can do about it it's already done I might as well just keep it but then it's like well actually making all these other small choices throughout your life end up having a compounding effect and impact your choices for the better so you don't even realise all the other things that you're doing right are actually kind of helping you on that journey yeah Yeah. overall it comes back to that balanced perspective and like nobody lives a perfect zero waste life but we definitely make better choices throughout our day I think that's really empowering actually it can be quite uplifting if thought about well yeah Yeah. and I do think you can think yourself into total depression about the state of the universe you probably think about what's happening right now (laughs) you could be in fetal position and you're not getting out which I already am there's a good term for oh yeah yeah, um, like the climate, climate theories. Climate theories. Or there's yeah, there's some term for like term. the breakdown that you yeah, have where you're like yeah. You get incredibly anxious and overwhelmed. Yeah. I've had those days. Yeah. And yeah. you do. Once you engage in the research, you, you can probably, be it's, so it's demoralizing. And no, you're like, scary. why would I even change my behavior? It's not going to do anything now. But, yeah. you know, I think 
COVID showed the change in the waterways from humans not you know like there are measurable changes that you're like we showed ourselves it does actually make a difference we obviously won't go that drastic again necessarily but it clearly does something yeah um and you you can't think that way about anything otherwise you'd never change anything no 100% I have another question for you actually that's kind of a little bit related so say a brand comes to you and they might be a big conglomerate So big beast and they might have changed something to make better steps in sustainability and you're like, oh, awesome, that's great, they're Mm. making moves. Do you ever think about greenwashing in that context? Now, I'm not saying that they are greenwashing but I'm just saying does it go – do you think to yourself, Mm. are they greenwashing? How do I know? Is it up to me to work that out? Yeah. Yeah. Am I supposed to take what they say by face value or – yeah. It's a really hard area because there is so much of that. And I think like one part of my brain is just like, can we just stop making a term for everything? Like there's literally a word and a condition and a label for everything and like just calm down. It's just human behaviour. Like Mm -hmm. we don't need another word and then you have to go Google the word and then you're like, am I using it in a sentence right? And then it's like even more overwhelming. But I do think it is dangerous because there are consumers who like we're very lucky that we – you know, our whole demographic is particularly educated because we have access to the internet, we've Mm -hmm. grown up native to the digital landscape, we can do our own research and we feel comfortable discerning between Mm -hmm. rubbish and fact and we, I mean, most of the time. Mm -hmm. But I think there are a lot of consumers who wouldn't know the difference. They wouldn't even know how to question the difference. Even if they didn't believe something, they'd be like, well, how am I going to tell if that those people are lying or not. Yeah. yeah. And it's a very fertile ground for total exploitation of certain people who will put their money behind yeah. what they think is sustainability and then not realise that yeah. they're not. And I think it's it's a really hard problem. Like it's totally. But that's companies. Like there are big companies who will lie about lots of other things. It's mm. not just greenwashing, it's anything washing, which is why the term really annoys me sometimes. Because yeah. I'm like, they wash you yeah, about everything. Yeah. Like they'll just amp yeah, up whatever so they can. If a company's going to exploit a consumer, they're going to exploit you about other things as well. Yeah. That's so true. And you just I think it, we're in a, a much heightened uh time of um, transparency, which is good, which means it, it's harder, I think, for bigger companies at least. Like if a big multinational was really, really misstating things, I think they would probably be found out at mm. some point. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they they generally sign up to um, global standards or things that are objectively verifiable, which make it a lot easier to check if they're actually doing those things. Even if they're like maybe embellishing a little bit, mm-hmm. most of the time with like a big conglomerate, they've signed up to some treaty or some mm. certification or something that you can go and Google and say, well, at least bare minimum they're doing this and this and this. So yeah. it's a little bit easier to check yeah, mm. or to just trust that like someone will call them out. Some person is going to is part of the supply chain yeah. or some yeah. consumer's gone on a rant and mm-hmm. like there are passionate people out there who will who'll unearth, you know. It's I think the smaller companies that don't have as much scrutiny yeah. but that still could have the same influence yeah. and that still could make people, you know, believe something that is not necessarily true and then put their money behind it. I probably don't question it as much about bigger companies because of that. Yeah. I kind yeah. of think there's enough checks and balances that mm, like place. don't be naive. Mm. Obviously they're going to put their best foot forward yeah. and keep that in mind but it's better than nothing and yep. they're probably, you know, the bare minimum that they're doing are these standards and that's great. Yep. Um, maybe I'm a little bit – I tend to be a bit like take what people say at face value yeah. with an educated lens. Yeah. Yes. But it's hard. If it's a I smaller think, company, how do you verify that? No, I think you're yeah. right. I definitely come from the place because I'm obviously part business owner – 
part consumer myself. Yeah. I very much come from the place where I'm like, well, if you're telling me that that's what it is, I should be able to trust you and I should have that confidence yeah. in you. Like why should I have to then go yeah. and research yeah. whether or not you're actually saying what you're saying is correct? Mm-hmm. So I think I personally, like my personal view is I think the responsibility sits with businesses but... To show more transparency. Yeah, just yeah. to be yeah. up, just to be upfront. Yeah. And if, if you're not having, and tell the truth. Yeah, just tell the truth. Like yeah. it is what it is, and then at least people can make their own decisions accordingly. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think the consumer has to go unpack yeah. all this research and because we're consuming so much. There's yeah. so many brands to have to do that. Yeah. yeah. With every single brand that you're engaging it's, it's, with, it's yeah, it's, it's like an independent order. Yeah. 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 You're telling me I can compost it. Cool. I can compost it. Yeah. Why should I have to go and yeah. search yeah. if I can or if I can't? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot easier now that, you know, a lot of people use say hero packaging for example like yep. they use a brand that y- people you know. can go and verify that mm. brand and they're yep. sort of the ones that you know they're they're not replicating we're not like reinventing the wheel a lot of yeah. the time there's brands that have mm-hmm. that's their expertise so you see this custom brands yeah. hero packaging and, and you go you know. and look at hero packaging and yeah. like you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that claims are easily verifiable they yeah. say that this product is blah and you can go and check if it mm. is or not I think if it's if they've said something really grand, like I can't even think of an example, but if they've said something really grand, like, like these wipes dissolve, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, or like, or like, um, you know, this is from the spring water of the blah blah blah. Like, if it's something really yeah. obscure, yeah. you're probably gonna think, yeah. you're like, is yeah. it? you're like a brand from Craigie Burn, and like you did not go to Tibet and put that thing in the water. Like, you know, yeah. you, you can kind of like, yes. get a feel, Gage. get a feel. Mm, that's so funny. But the problem is that that comes from a place of education, so not yeah. everyone has that yeah. as much confidence to make those decisions but I think common sense can you can kind of verify some things and be wary about others yeah I don't think many companies that last are out there to seriously say we're sustainable this is compostable this thing is going to dissolve let me charge you $50 and then you get Mm. home and it's doesn't dissolve like they wouldn't have any return do you know what I mean like (laughs) you're right they wouldn't last very long I think if anything greenwashing claims sometimes just come from naivety or like mm. ignorance because yes. they'll think like glass is a really good example yes everybody's like glass is recyclable it's infinitely recyclable yes it is if, if you use it if you use it but it's also infinitely recyclable if it's not painted and most yeah. colored glass is yeah painted it's so like black glass not recyclable yeah. um any obscure color it's only really like amber green and clear that you can actually recycle. So again, I think some brands are like, no, but we're using glass, it's recyclable, and like they we're good, and they don't know themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also hard yeah. because there are times where you see labels and it's like gluten free. Yeah. And it's like gluten free tiles. And I'm like, no one thinks there's gluten in tiles. Like all tiles are gluten free. You <laughs> know what I mean? Your skin has gluten free. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I mean? Like they put I, things on things that are like. I have no idea. To it's make it. Like you just yes. see those stupid yeah, things that ridiculous. you're like, dude, my dishwashing liquid is gluten free. Like yeah, yeah. I don't care. Celiacs are not going to have a problem that I'm going to drink <laughs> oh, this. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that. Like there's yeah. a lot of um, making people who don't realise that it is by default gluten-free or it doesn't matter if it is or not. Yeah, like yeah. I think that's a bit of greenwashing. But that like, always yeah. makes me laugh. The clean beauty you know, ones are always yeah. – the clean beauty claims are always like a really yeah. good example. They'll yeah. be like, and this is SLS3. And people are like, yeah, it's SLS3. And I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. what is – Do you know so what SLS, SLS is? Like, no, but apparently I don't need Sodium it. Sodium yeah. sulfate. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really know. She really is the yeah. smart one. <laughs> but like the average person doesn't know and yeah. they're like, what's a phthalate? Then like you don't know. But then they think they don't – they're like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly. And it's like, well, no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like yeah, yeah, but yeah. and that's you know, but you can't blame them. Like that's yeah. what they've got to they got to put their best foot forward. Like yeah. they, they got to do something. That. And then I think it is on you. Like if yeah. you want to yeah. know why it matters, if there's an SLS or not, like yeah. you, then you can go or what a paraben is. Like yeah. you can go Google that. Go 
And if you're paying more for a paraben-free item but you don't know what paraben is, like that's kind of your problem. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So it's hard. There's there's part of the time where it's our responsibility and part where it's theirs. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, one last question. So we are obviously strong believers in the way to create change in the sustainability space and create a space that's inviting to all people. We need to encourage those who don't feel educated Mm. who don't feel like they're doing enough to still be a part of that conversation Mm. so I guess I'm wondering do you have any advice or what would you tell to people in your life who are like I'm too scared to engage or have these conversations what would you say to them to to get them involved yeah that's a great question I think it's just taking the pressure off those people and the intimidation away from them as much mm. as possible because even knowing the word SLS makes you sound like a yeah. foffy asshole. <laughs> yeah. like, I know all about I know me sitting here being like, I don't know what that <laughs> means. I knew you'd be saying <laughs> <laughs> like, you too. I know what know. the acronym is. I don't know what it means, <laughs> but, like, I sound smart. So it can already put distance between yeah. you and them. So I think the most important thing in any kind of change is, like, go incremental and make them feel comfortable with it being incremental Mm -hmm. because that's what appeals to me when Mm -hmm. like someone who's a serious expert we've had lots of people in the CCA community who are really really educated and who are Mm. incredibly diligent and strict in the sustainability standards that they apply to their own life and they're amazing when they say look we've just seen this um, you've said this, but this particular, like they'll correct something, but they do it so gently and they do it in a way that's like, just so you know, um, actually this blah, blah, blah. What I can't even think of an example, but yeah. when people do it in a way that's like for your benefit, it's mm-hmm. not to make you feel dumb, it's to help you next time, it's not expecting you to like radically change everything straight no. away. You feel like, like the easiest thing anyone in the world can do is get a keep cup. Yeah. Like just start small, you know, start with that and then you can feel virtuous Mm -hmm. and then when you feel comfortable remembering to take your keep cup and washing it and like and measure how many coffee cups you haven't used for that, then Mm -hmm. start something else. Mm -hmm. Like one at a time, don't do it all together. Find places like this podcast, for example, I feel like there are resources that you can use to learn more if you want to go a little bit Mm -hmm. harder Mm -hmm. that, again, aren't aggressive, that aren't overwhelming. There are places where you go where you're going to find information and you're going to feel really shit about yourself. So don't go to those ones. Go to the ones that – it's like anything. Like if you want to go to the gym, we all know what our best results come from. Like some people need to be screamed at. Some people need to be hugged and nurtured. Mm -hmm. Some people need to be like physically whipped into gear. Some people (laughs) need to be like, you know, light touch. And I think find – what really turns you off and aggression really turns me off yeah or like over education really turns me off because I'm yeah. like I can't compete with you like I'm not going to listen I want to listen yeah but you're level 25 you're not meeting me where I'm yeah. yeah yeah you're like help me come to yeah. somewhere yeah so find yeah the podcasts like this the brands like, like this who embrace your learning rather than make you feel like an idiot mm. and do it bit by bit and I think the more that you get comfortable with the resources you have around you, the more you'll learn and the more you'll yeah. feel less out of your depth mm-hmm. as you add like – it's like an arsenal, right? Like you're building small little tactics each mm-hmm. day and habits take a really long time to change. So mm-hmm. anyone who expects themselves so to become an environmental eco-warrior overnight, yeah. mm-hmm. you can't become anything overnight yes, except no. tired. Like, yeah, it's so true. Don't – you set really reasonable expectations yeah. as well. And that. also – just saying that like I feel like I go through a roller coaster of yeah. habits as well where I'm like really you know I go through four months of using my keep cup and then I don't know I lose it 
I buy yeah. one coffee cup and then I'm in that bad habit for like a few months and like yeah. not being too harsh on myself and being like, okay, that's okay, you know, maybe start working towards getting another key yeah, cup. Yeah. But, you know, that that's okay as well because yeah. I think sometimes as soon as you break a bad habit, you're like, oh, there's no going back. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. Or like I didn't use my keep cup on the 2nd of February so yes. then I won't use it again until the 1st of March. Yes. I'll start yeah, in March. Come on. Like, that's yes. me. Yes, no. yes. I think, yeah, I think just gently, gently – um, and yeah, I, I think it's really, really hard when you do, if there's someone in your network who is extremely, extremely advanced, mm-hmm. like it's hard to be around them because yeah. you sometimes feel, yeah, yeah, I have a lot do? of friends. Yeah. I've yeah. got a lot of those people and I'm ashamed. I'm like, don't come in my bedroom because there's plastic in there. Like yeah. you might've used a plastic water bottle and yeah. like, I try not to, but sometimes yeah. I forget. Sometimes yeah. I need to it hydrate. Happens. Like I don't yeah. want to UTI. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I was going to say, what you if you I was going to say, it happens. What if you're out at the gym, you didn't have your drink bottle, you can do pass out on the treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's, I think, um, yeah, a gentle kind yeah slow no pressure like yeah. a little bit of pressure but yeah. not, no no beating anyone up yeah not like anything. unrealistic targets yeah. Yeah. I feel like if anything I'd draw some parallels from you and try and seize the yay and the joy in making this decision so yeah. it's not like necessarily yeah. a barrier it's like no I'm doing it because I want to do it I want yeah. to and I'm happy about that yeah, yeah. and it feels like good about it. It. yeah if you change that that mentality, the mentality well, is because more optimistic if you make it a chore then you're just going to hate sustainability 100%. you're going to be like this is a dick like yeah. just go away like yeah. I just want to live my life how I want to live it yeah. This is is an actual dick. But like sometimes when you don't have a kid coming, you're like, this is an actual dick. Like, why do I care? But you just frame it a little bit differently. What a privilege it is that something I do can make a difference. And it's not hard for me. It's just like a change in behavior. And then I feel good about my contribution to the world instead of like, I'm, uh, you know, I just bought Mm. 75 plastic water bottles in a row when I could have used a recyclable water bottle. Like, I think, um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a hard it's a it's, hard it's a hard area and people are really mean to themselves and then psych themselves out yeah. and then you know it's a, it's like a total mindfuck excuse my French yeah <laughs> it's a total mindfuck so once you acknowledge that yeah and then you're okay with like really good not a great yeah. month good uh-huh. month I'm back like, on top yeah it's yes. like overall this year yeah. I did more than twelve bad months so exactly. like I'm coming in leaps exactly. and bounds exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly oh, great I think that's wonderful advice I think you have just been an absolute joy and a blessing to talk to today oh you guys and we love and adore you and we cannot thank you enough for yeah. coming on Normalize Not Knowing and sharing more of your beautiful journey and your insights so thank you so much thank yeah. you I can't wait to have you on the other side yeah. 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 Yeah.